Hey there, folks. This is The Guru here. You are about to listen to a behind-the-scenes podcast, or in-the-field podcast, if you will. We hope you enjoy these podcasts, and if you don't mind, if you love what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to this. We just want to say thank you for the support, and welcome to Elk Season. Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience, presented by Onyx. Special podcast, guys. It is a special one. Special podcast. 100%. Yep. Special. Yeah. First one of the uh, elk season, 2019. Uh, man, we finally all got together tonight. It's been kind of a... I talked to my wife tonight, which was super, super awesome. And I'm just like, man, how how long has it been? And it's been... Two, Two days. days. <laughs> <laughs> it has seemed it has seemed like a week and a half or two weeks for some reason. We got um, we we got a little while left. Yeah. Oh no, we've got a journey, a big journey left, which super excited for. But at the same time, it's like man, it it I don't remember seasons. Usually a season goes by and it's like where where did the time go? And now it's like wow, it's only been it's only been two days. So um, yesterday I, I was think that, yesterday I think it has a, a lot to do with bobbing and weaving. I think yeah, it has a lot to do moving, with like yeah, like this is the Roosevelt game that we're playing. This is the stick and move kind of game that we're playing this year. This and, is back uh, to like it, Trevor and I were talking about this tonight, and we recalled like 2008 2009 season. We hunted these very small unique pockets yeah yeah and we bounced around a lot and it was it's a totally different than what we do out of state or what we've done and in the past lately here in the woods absolutely so guys uh if you haven't been uh listened to the podcast welcome back (laughs) if you if you've noticed us on the on the airwaves to the born and raised audio experience we're brought to you by Onyx Hunt, which we used a bunch of times because here's the deal with the Oregon game. Um, it's it's not like, so when we go out of state, it's a totally different story. It's a, you find some wilderness, find some public ground and go and just hike and hike and hike and hike. But where we live, it's a totally different story. It's a small parcels and it's private. Everything that we do, honestly, everywhere we hunt pretty much is private timber companies that allow you to walk in, that allow you access uh, via, not via, but uh, per um, fire. Yeah, depending on the fire danger fire and everything danger. else. We were blessed with some cooler temperatures, some rain this last week. Everything yeah, dropped good. down to it's a level good. one, um, which is unique in the case in the last few years. We've been extreme fire danger. So Which may year, be weird to like people back east, like level one. What what is that? Yeah, you so, know, so basically how how it goes, there's uh, they run it as an IFPL, so it's an industrial f- fire precaution level. Um, level one 
it has restrictions like a one o'clock closure for working um, for the general public you can't mow lawns past one o'clock and you know all these kind of things because basically Certain around rules. here yeah exactly um, timber is the economic driver for the most part and the the timber is a, a huge value and when a fire goes off it's not like Oh, okay, it's burning wilderness. It's burning dollar bills. It's dollar, yeah. For yeah. somebody. Yeah, for somebody. So people are really cautious around here, and it, and it inhibits uh, some of the access in the years past. So luckily, Mother Nature's been on our side this year. We've, we've got some uh, good access, fire danger's low, and uh, we get to play the uh, hopscotch game around here yeah and that and I, I think that brings me to my next point as far as the hopscotch game and and we talk about the whole thing that we did in the last two years that we've elk hunted and when in in the past two years we did a land of the free project and it was it was to try to show and paint a picture of anybody could do this anybody can do what we are doing anybody and um, it just takes the know-how. It takes a, a few different tools that we use, whether it be mapping, whether it be, you know, getting tags, stuff like that. But anybody can do what we do. And, um, and so we come into this year, elk season, and, and it's just like, okay, so this is now we're showing exactly what we do. And it is hopscotching some private ground that allows you walk-in access and and by that it means we are going to do anything that we can and i want cody to stress on this a little bit as far as we have we do have friends around where we live and some of them have access to their own timberlands and stuff and um there's a lot of pay to play around where we live there's yeah a, there's yeah a i mean it it started in 2000 14 I believe things changed things changed yeah yeah the uh, yeah. we grew up hunting all these timber companies was either uh, allow for access or it was closed indefinitely and warehouser local timber company 2014 they uh, they started and they're based from back east so Correct. a lot of these hunting leases or uh, paid permit access was something of common occurrence, but it hadn't happened here in the Northwest. And that's uh, when it first started happening. Maybe, maybe it was 2015. I don't know, 2014, 2015. Either way. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, um, some stuff that we've been able to access free of charge turned into a permit play. Right. And that was 300 bucks, 350 bucks, depending yeah. on the place and totally changed the game because not only now you have good guarantee not guaranteed access they actually a couple of years ago kicked us kicked everyone off the farm for fire danger which we for talked fire about danger, yep um now turned into open to vehicle traffic where before it was hike bike horseback yeah um so the dynamics of how those elk reacted with vehicle access 365 days a year, um, changed their feeding habits, changed a lot of dynamics there. But um, it also enabled us, for the most part, to access the ground that a lot of times was not open during bow season Correct. because of the fire danger. 
Um, so they figured, well, those guys, they're required to carry fire tools, fire extinguisher, all that. They're actually out there helping us uh, patrol the lands, essentially. and um, Which has been a huge benefit. Yeah, for sure. No, we've, we've done it for a few years, and it, uh, it, it also uh, took out some of those people that probably uh, would have stretched the rules on fire laws and everything else. It tightens, and, and it tightens everything up a lot. It does, yeah. I mean, it, there's some accountability behind it. They know who's on the property. Mm -hmm. um, you got to register your license plates and all that. And they actually have security patrolling it. And uh, it, it's been a, uh, a good and the bad side of it. Um, no, I would totally. But it, but it changed. Okay, at the age of 36 right now, I already feel like I'm talking about the good old days from wow. 2005, 6, 7, right. 8, 9, all through those eras, you know, 10, 10 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, we've hunted the good old days. Things have changed, and it is in a different era now. Yeah. And there's, it's definitely around home. It's a lot of pay to play. And some other places, some other timberland companies saw the success that Warehouser had with their lands and of starting to do that more and more. Um, and it, it's tough because hunting is always like this heritage thing and kind of the rite of passage. And now there's there's uh, definite more of that rich man's, uh, I wouldn't say rich man's, but you have to pay some money to access some good land. And I don't, I, you, and you said rich man's and, and I, I would, in the future, I could see that going there, right. which is which is a definite real definite bummer. Scare, yeah, for so. sure, because it's another barrier for entry for new people coming exactly. into the sport. Absolutely, absolutely. You're like, okay, I went and bought a bow, I bought all this camo, I got a pack, got all these things, I've spent a lot of money, and you're telling me that I've got to go spend more money just to go out and access the woods. Yeah, and it makes it a challenge. Yeah, and why should I want to do that? Right. But at the same time, it's their property. No, and that, that's a hard so, part. Like talking. This to, is this is where I'm coming from too. Go ahead. Come yeah. On. So I mean, I worked at a sporting goods store at Waldron's there in Roseburg from the age of 15 till I was 20, 25 years old. Strapping young man. And um, <laughs> you know, you got people coming in at that that time, hunted all this ground, scouted it all. You know, it was open to walk in, even open to drive in at that point in time. And now all of a sudden that lands close and people feel like it's their right that they can hunt that because I've Correct. hunted it. I've hunted it for I've 20 years forever, and forever. things change. So they're like, well, they start breaking locks. They start pulling gates down. They start destructing. Right, four wheelers around the gates. Yeah, exactly. Like all yeah. these things. And, um, you know, well, that, I've hunted that for 20 years. At the end of the day, it's somebody, some people, or group of people that own that piece of property that changed the rules. Correct. And you have to respect it. It's still yeah. private property. It was a privilege until it got public access, yeah. right? Yeah. And so now the whole permit deal—it's it, changed a lot of things. But um, and I think that's the confusion. Not even no confusion's the wrong word, but. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, to preface this podcast, we have me, Cody, obviously, and uh, we have Weston and Troy here yes, on the podcast as well. So just to kind of introduce every voice that's coming in on this. But um, no, I, I think 
the pay to play. I don't know. I just don't want to muddy the waters or people be like, oh, everybody can do this. Everybody can do this. And then they say, well, you guys are, you guys are paying money to go. Not that we are paying money to go on like warehouse or ground this year. Um, but at the same time, there is access where we are hunting on private timber lands. Right. Do you, and, guys, do you guys feel like it's, do you guys feel like it's kind of separated the two different type of like archery elk hunting and rifle hunting that there is in Oregon? Like, you know, your Rocky versus your Roosevelt because of the fact that your Roosevelt's over here on, you know what I mean? Like you have the coastal range and it's kind of become that right, where you have to have right. your permits and this and that. And it's, you either have permission or you don't, or you have to pay compared to, you know, some of your Eastern units, you, a lot of your Eastern stuff's wide open. Yeah. You definitely, I would say for someone traveling to the Oregon coast oh, man. that didn't quite know what they were getting into, it is a ball of fire to try to figure out. Like I, I right. don't, I don't think someone could just roll up and like, Oh, I want to go hunt Roosevelt's yeah. and go, I mean, like you drive to Eastern Oregon and you can pick yeah. 10 units to go hunt and it's U.S. Forest Service or BLM. National Forest. Or yeah. Wyoming or yeah, any exactly. of the states that we are. And to. here it is, you know, it's totally checkerboarded different. with private timberlands, BLM. Uh, there's a little bit of Forest Service ground, state ground. And uh, vast majority of Western Oregon, if you look at the unit percentage, it's not public land. Right. Um, I mean, I think... You know, in the unit we're hunting, there may be 20% public land. Mm, yeah. You know, maybe. I don't know what the number is on that. Yeah. It's not that high. I'd be curious to, to look it up. but um, And it's a big unit. It's yeah, one of the bigger units in the state. And so it, it definitely uh, adds a barrier there, which gets a little scary for for people wanting to go do that or experience yeah, it. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. <laughs> and that, and that's what we've that's what we've experienced. And... and it brings me to my next point as far as being an opportunistic hunter. Opportunistic in my eyes means, you know what, if I have a chance to go in and we are not, I mean, we, we definitely, you know, the, the public ground is, uh, man, to us is sacred to, you know, but at the same time, if we have access or we have, let's even say a buddy that says, Hey man, I've got some elk right now on my property. You want to come hunt them? We're not going to say no. Are we? Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I'm all in. Uh, Roosevelt hunting, like Cody was saying to us, has turned from like the greatest mountain bike, you know, just go in and do it. I mean, if you look at some of our early DVDs, you can see us go and it was just like the time of our lives and like talking with Cody a couple of days ago, that is over. And, it, and it's, yeah. it's tough to say that it's, it's really, really tough to say, but at the same time, these private timber companies that allowed walk in, which was our mountain bikes. Um, and we could go in there and we could just, I mean, it, that was the hunting. That was our wilderness. Adventure. I would say I mean, that was our hunting pinnacle Yeah. for Roosevelt's. And that's all we knew at the time. And, um, that was, oh man, it was so, so awesome. But all those, all those places are pay to play. You can drive in and I'm not saying it ruined it. It's still hunting. Don't get me wrong. It's still hunting, but it's just a different style of hunting. Yeah, I mean, there was, I would say, 
a lot less competition back then because <laughs> yeah. it was it was hard work, a lot of work. You yes. know, to, to drive a truck 15 miles or ride a mountain bike 15 miles is a different deal. Stark contrast, yeah. Yeah. But that that that, that was the challenge that we took on and enjoyed the heck out of it. Oh man. But also like before we even did that though we we had these we hunted I remember I think going in we did two th- tagged out in 2007. The reason was 2008-2009 season. So after we got a year under our belt, we had like a list of places to hunt. Do you remember that? Yo, yeah, I do. I, we we always bit. like before season. My memory's like, terrible, but yeah. Okay, we had like 15 places to hunt, you know, gates to park, to yeah. hike into, yeah. these little parcels, you know, these road systems that were two or three miles that we could hunt in the evening, hike sure. in. And uh, we just literally would bounce around from spot to spot to spot. Yeah. yeah. You know, during the day we may hunt, f- park at four different gates. Yeah. And hike in, cruise up a mile. Road, See what we find. You know, hike and bugle and do the cat road shuffle thing. And yeah, it's, I felt like this weekend's been somewhat of that. You bounce, know, bounce, Yeah, exactly. Bounce, you bounce. have kind of limited spots, but um I would say that opening day this year was probably one of the best opening days we've ever seen. In Not the- terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Not terrible. <laughs> and it, I mean, I, and I'll be honest with you, it has to do uh, with some great friends that we've met, yeah. some great friends and and some places that they said, okay, yeah, you guys can come hunt here. It, it, there's, I mean, there's no doubt that that has something to do with it. But at the same time, I'm not going to say, oh, no, 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 no. I need to work harder for this. Well, if I can make anything easier, I'm going to do it. And if I can see a place where there's elk and someone says, hey, will you come kill some elk? I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right. Hunt smarter, not harder, man. Is that smart? Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. South Cox said it best when I hunted with him in Nevada uh, a few years ago. And his whole thing was on day one, it's going to be the easiest hunt. Day two, it's going to get a little bit harder. And by the end of the week, the last day of the hunt, we were going to hunt our tails off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had that pick the low-hanging fruit first, and by rights, uh, opening day was a little bit of low-hanging fruit. Uh, I would say, yeah, I, I would say no, honestly, as far as I would, I would argue that as far as <laughs> you definitely, there was a lot that had to go on to make that shot to to make that happen it was not like all right yeah i'm just gonna you know drive over here and they're gonna be right here and i'm gonna just shoot this one there was a lot more that went into it than that oh no for sure i just i mean we hunted uh some ground that was not too steep no 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 no. it wasn't hard it was not hard to get to but at the same time, if I were to put odds on you shooting a bull that night, it would not have been in your favor. Not going to lie to you. No, I mentally was in that same boat. Not going to lie to you. And guess what? We are now, right now, looking across from me at a nice bull hanging in a tree. Uh, the horns of it, but it just it, it, it's it's something else as far as 
there is a lot that goes into a hunt. It's just, it's not, it's more than just going out, get lucky and doing this. There's, there's a lot of preparation and Cody's been shooting a lot lately. And, uh, I don't want to give a lot away on the podcast because I want you guys to watch it on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome, it's an awesome deal. It was a fun, fun day. It was a mentally, I would say coming into opening day, I've never been in a worse position than what I've ever been in this year. Yeah. Mentally was, uh, you know, we did the broadhead project. We devoted a lot of time and a lot of effort specifically to test broadheads. And instead of, uh, me working on my own setup i was doing that and uh at, at the end of the day my like realization of preseason it, yeah time. i mean it it took a like month butting up it, to season yeah literally. i mean leading into it was basically a month month down and which could both, have been i mean that's you know that's our bad too yeah it's learning lesson for that's sure i mean but the whole project at the end of it was worth the kind of the insight out of it yeah. Um, it just personally put me not in the best position to uh, uh, be ready. Confidence. And, right. Yeah, right. no, and that, and that was it. It's like confidence is a killer. Bow hunting bow is hunting. confidence. Yeah, 100%. I thought I told you when, when I was at your house. Yeah, exactly. If, you. if you feel confident, it's like I'm going to kill this thing. If you do not feel confident, you will definitely probably not kill. And and it's interesting is that not like literally last night when we snuck on those bulls, I walked over the edge, ranged the bull, fifty-two yards, quartered away, leg forward. By all rights, I literally should have knocked an arrow, drawn back, and shot it. In that time of where I was at, I did not feel confident in taking a shot, and I said, Trevor, get up here shoot this bull like that did it's exactly where i was at mentally it was like i he he was lights out he felt really good trevor shoot this bull so that the from the time that the bull was broadside leg forward by the time he got up there got situated he came to full draw the bull turned like hard quartered away mm-hmm. took a couple steps turned and now came back quartered on and that's why he did not shoot the bull. But like in full anticipation, Wes got up there, videoed the bull, and we, um, I was all about Trevor shooting that bull because I did not feel comfortable with that in that scenario where I was at. But take it full circle. Yeah, I'm just gonna, guys, you don't have to watch YouTube now because we're just gonna throw this out there. Um, bull 62 yards broadside well, and I, I think and i it think it could be anything footing no like, no, no 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 where no. i was at in that here's like, where here's where i here's where this is to me honestly this is a veteran deal as far as guy that's done it before you've done it lots of times at that point you shot your bow all day actually yesterday at 60 yards at 60 yards that was but, like you like had set it was it was like New. the stars line. You had, I, we watched you prep for that all this day, is, midday when we were taking a break. This is something that to me that moment. really, really stands out as far as you said, Trevor, come in because you had more confidence that he could make that shot than you. And then you went down, you and Trevor separated, and that bull came back in to 62 yards. And you were like, you know what? 
I've made this shot before. And this is where confidence, this is where uh, killing numbers and numbers of bulls have come in in the past. And you said, all right, I feel comfortable. And then you shoot it right through the heart. It was you see what I'm saying? Shot. Yeah, no, you see what I'm saying. totally. But, but the whole thing in the... I'm the kind of guy when stuff happens really fast and unfolds really fast, I'm in a in a uh, fast moving, caught in the situation. When things take a long time to develop, that's when I'm ice cold. Like I would rather have You're a better. bull. You're better. I, I would rather have a bull take 20 minutes from walking from 40 yards to 20 yards versus. Boom, all of a sudden one cracks off, we move, and things happen really fast. I get caught up in that speed side of life, and when things happen very, very slow, I just slow everything down and calm everything down. And that was the scenario of how it went down was very slow. It took 10 minutes or something from the bull being 80 yards to walk into range. Um, and it was just a really easy, like, okay, if he gets there, that's my limit. I feel good right there. And just walk through that whole scenario. Where it was at before is like, literally we ran for 200 yards. Right, right. Walked up there, <laughs> yeah. there's the elk. And I'm like, I am not in the mental space right now to make that shot, even right. though it was closer and probably an easier shot. Than the, probably a yeah. better opportunity. For sure, yeah. I just. I was not in the mind space. Yep. And which sure. and and to me like I want to touch on what I said as far as that shows veteran that shows it's not don't push the limits. Don't you know if you don't feel comfortable in that position, don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, you know, step back and say okay and think about okay, yep, this is what got me here. This is how I feel about where I'm at no, right now right there. with this bow in my hand. And don't make that choice to just like, all right, I just need to pull a trigger, you know. Yeah. Try to with, make. With that said, like three different, maybe two two times I looked over. Trevor's at full draw, and then he settles in on his peep. And Steve and I both were Watch just like, this. oh, yeah. He's Watch this. He's just way like. And then lifts out of his peeps like, oh. I've seen Trevor in that. Lifts back I've into his peeper and it was just like. So many times. Just waiting for him to shoot, but he, he never had the angle that I had when I first walked up there. Right, right. Wes, what was your take on, on last night's ordeal? What was my take on it? <clears throat> yeah, like going up, running up there, getting in position. The stuff happens really quick at that point. Um, it was, it was really good. And it was honestly like, um, I like things when they happen really fast. I'm kind of the opposite of you. Right. I'm like a super in the moment. I want to take the thought process out of it because I feel like, like for me personally, like when I'm hunting, I just want it to be second nature, just like almost a reaction to what is happening in front of me. That's when I'm the best. But my what I thought of everything was I thought that everyone was calm, cool and collected. Oh, all yeah. The, and the whole situations which 
yeah, we were literally sprinting at times and we were hunched over trying to stay out of, you know, view of these bulls. But in everything we did, there was a reason, you know, Trevor drew back once, settled in a couple times, didn't have the correct shot, lets down his bow. That's a veteran move. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cody passing it up and giving it to Trevor in the first place just because he didn't feel it. That's a veteran move. Right, rather than doing something, that, forcing yourself to do something because of the pressure. Correct. Right. Or rather than feeling, wanting to kill something. Or feeling the so need to just fling an arrow at, an, at a bull because there's a legal bull standing in front of you at 52 yards. Correct. Um, so I thought... Um, we all as a group, and, and just you and Trevor, um, did a phenomenal job of keeping your head, keep composure, everything in that situation. And Steve, and Steve. Steve was like, as well. Yeah. Steve was like a point guard on that whole thing. Steve was, was really cool. To, it was really cool to witness. He's always a cheerleader. Man, yeah, it was, I don't know. I mean, I think even throughout the day yesterday, we got on Bulls in the morning, mid-morning, had him inside 40 yards, couldn't get a shot. For an hour. Right, yeah. yeah. An hour. And then yeah. on him in the afternoon, close again, and then to, like, close the ball with with that shot was about as good as a day, I, I don't know, as good as day as elk hunting as a guy can have yeah. uh, hunting Roosevelt. No to, kidding. To be yeah. an elk like that, to have... I don't know, the camaraderie that, you know. And encounters. Encounters and, yeah. you know, just. To have the, the whole bro crew. Oh, like not so much fun. Nobody missing. Everyone was involved. Yeah. What was cool to me is we fired on all cylinders. We got back to our roots and we were just like, you know what? This is just what it is. There was never a time that it was just like, you need to go, you need to, you know, there was never, we always, we were just calm, cool, and collected, and it was just like, all right, we're elk hunting, and it it is elk season. You know, I mean, you think about it, it's been a year since we've hunted together for elk. Yeah. And even there was scattered at most, so really it's been like three or four years since it's been the four of us doing our thing. And yesterday... We moved as in unison without any hesitation. Yeah. No, like it. We just had the program down. When when we heard, or when we set up on the first bulls yesterday, like Trevor and I both knew. Like he go, he, it was like yeah, let's set up, and without even talking to each other, we both split up. Split up. Exactly where, if I would have gone left, I would have set up right where Trevor was at. If he would have gone right where I was at, we yeah, would have said even. Not, yeah, exactly. We couldn't even see each other, and you knew at the end of the day we were right in the same place. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, parallel. it was like 42 yards from a bull. Could have died at any point, but it just did not. It, it was just Oregon. But the yeah. strength of, like, just hunting, and I think it goes back to, like, hunting partners, um, having that language with the unsaid movement basically of how we hunt together it's pretty special um i think we've all somewhat taken it for granted over the years you know over the case of because that's just what we did and we just expected it and then hunting with different people everyone's got their own 
thing and it, it all works. It's just different than the stuff we're accustomed to. And um, yesterday was kind of the epitome of yeah. just how we move yeah. and how we hunt. And uh, it was it was pretty dang fun. And yeah. too, we had a good time. We laughed, we joked. Oh yeah. I didn't, but I don't know if you guys had a good <laughs> yeah. time. <laughs> anyway, is, this is it, this is this is opening weekend, guys. This is opening weekend of uh, archery 2019, and uh, there's a ton more to come. We have a bunch of podcasts that we have lined up for when hopefully we actually see something. That'd be cool. But um, it, I, I, if there's anything that I want to get through, anything on this whole podcast that I want to get through to anybody, it's it's be an opportunistic hunter. Be a guy that is just like, hey, wow, you know what? I, I can go over here if, um, man, I could talk to this landowner and he could give me rights to go hunt his land. Or if I could go over here, you know. It's or if where, a little old lady down the street says, hey, will you come shoot this deer that's eating my rose bush? Go shoot the deer. Go shoot the deer. Go shoot the deer. For goodness sakes. Yeah. Go shoot the deer. Or if you go albacore tuna fishing and you absolutely slam them with Sharky's charters, <laughs> you go, you know what? We have tuna. Here. Do you want some tuna? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go this kill one's... a Roosevelt. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Not that we did that, but at the same time, it would be a good idea. So it just it's just one of those things where be, you know, don't just, don't pigeonhole yourself into, well, I got to hike in six miles in order to kill an elk and and to do this on you know because i heard this on uh, 15 different podcasts because i'm a backcountry hunter you don't have to do that all the time yeah take, you can do take that take the easy ones as the hard ones low-hanging fruit the gold's not, put meat in the freezer yeah we're gonna name this podcast low-hanging fruit right go. yeah yep it's just it. yeah go from there and work your way up and if you have to do that and hike 10 miles we've all done which sucks don't get me wrong um, anyway it uh yeah that's what you have to do to go get an elk and and i guarantee you as this season goes on we will be doing that yeah 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 don't don't say yeah like that weston say yeah yeah dude i can i can get down with this kind of hunting <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this. And um, anyway, there's a lot more to come. This this elk season is, I mean, it's only it's only two days so far. It's in its infancy. So, chapter one of Oregon tagged out. Oh down. man, lot to come. Lot to come. Thank you guys. We'll see you.